0: What y'all need to know about coronavirus, featuring Doctor Sumon chakrabarty Let's do this. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quetro Carimantang. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa, and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators. Patients and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Okay, before getting into today's episode of Solving Healthcare, I got to tell you about one of our new initiatives. We are now selling merchandise. We are selling shirts hats toques, even baby babes and the profits that we incur from these uh from the merchandise we're going to put towards a, a monthly charity so for the month of february our proceeds are going to go to the ottawa inner city health group and if you remember dr turnbull's episode back in episode six ish this is a great cause. They're, they're treating our vulnerable patient population and anything we could do to support them, we will absolutely do. So you could go to solving-healthcare.myshopify.com or we'll have links to the show notes to be able to support that. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, this is an online counseling group that provides accessible, affordable, and convenient counseling services for those in need. And I got to tell you, they do tremendous work. I know they got programs, even for healthcare professionals, involving compassion fatigue. They got programs for teen counseling. They got programs for couple counseling. And so they, they really are amazing. So use promo code solving healthcare and get 10% off your sign up fees. Our other sponsor today is the resource optimization network. This is a group of physicians healthcare professionals, researchers that essentially look at healthcare solutions. Are you an organization that needs to reduce your spending without compromising quality? Are you looking to do a cost evaluation of your new program? This is a group for you. So so reach out to resourceoptimization.com and you won't regret it. Okay, so this minicast is, for lack of better words, timely. There's a lot of hype surrounding how we deal with coronavirus. And what sh- what should we be worried about? What measures should we be taking? As healthcare professionals, what are the considerations to be considered? And Dr. Suman Chakrabarty answers all of them. This is a great mini-cast. I hope you guys find it helpful. So without further ado, Dr. Suman Chakrabarty. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Suman Chakrabarty.
1: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here and finally to quote unquote meet you.
0: Yes, it's it's crazy. Like we've known each other for years, but still have never physically met. But I know you're the super infectious disease doc from Trillium Hospital in Mississauga. I've seen you on CTV. You're just killing it, my friend.
1: Thank you so much. You know, I've been, uh, I, it's obviously been a lot of important stuff going on and I'm trying to do my best to get the the message out.
0: I love it. I love it. So let's just get to it. People are losing their mind about coronavirus, okay? I want you to inform us, like, what do we need to know? Where did it come from? How infectious is it? Should we be worried?
1: These are all great questions. And actually, these are the questions that have been really on all of our minds, especially in ID. And I think that, uh, you know, I'm from the Toronto area, and it's something that is, you know, uh, special for us here because of what happened with SARS. People may remember SARS, that was in 2002 and three, and that was actually also a coronavirus. And uh, that was a a lot more severe and it caused a lot of cases here in the area and there were deaths as well. So I understand that people are pretty nervous about this. And in general, we know outbreaks make people nervous. So let's start with the basics. What is coronavirus? So coronaviruses are actually present all over, even here in Canada, and they're actually one of the causes of the common cold. So you've probably had a coronavirus at some point in your life. The difference with this one is that in certain areas of the world, and China is one of the, the common areas, you can see viruses that kind of bounce back and forth between animals and people just because of the, the population density and the large numbers of animals in certain areas. And we see this happening, for example, with influenza, and coronavirus is another one. So it's thought that the virus mutated and mutated to a form that could spread more quickly and it can cause problems in especially people who are sicker, you know, things like bad pneumonia, putting into the hospital. And of course, as we know, it's caused deaths in China. So what happened? Well, in, in December, they started to notice that there are a lot of people showing up to hospitals with these severe uh, respiratory illnesses. You know, you know, what's going on here? And the world is on a high alert for any of these types of outbreaks, and especially since the lessons of SARS. So China was able to very quickly identify that they had this new coronavirus. And right at that point in time, they shared the information, the virus DNA sequence was determined, and they were able to give that information to people around the world. And that's actually how cases were detected, not only in China, but also really quickly in other areas, for example, like Japan, Thailand, Korea because of the work that China had done, they were able to identify their cases. So, so that's the one big thing. But then of course, the next problem is, so what do we do about this? You know, what happens if this spreads around the world? Because as you know, it's spreading very rapidly in China. We have about 12,000 confirmed cases right now with about uh, 250 deaths. Mm-hmm. And what can happen if this comes to Canada? And that's the big question that we're asking right now. And to be honest with you, we don't have all the answers yet which is why we're doing our preventative measures all over with infection prevention and control.
0: Excellent. I mean, so what I'm hearing, uh, Suman, is that, you know, this is a common bug that seems to be more aggressive. We've learned a lot from the experience from SARS in in, in terms of the importance of early detection and letting other places around the world know about such a and a, such a, a virus. And right now, that. We don't know how it's going to display in Canada, but the ticket is to use our common preventative measures to av- avoid the spread. Is what I'm hearing.
1: I think that's really, really well put. Because you know, you're, you're right. We don't know the trajectory yet. But one thing that is important is that it, there's that adage, you know, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. The the big key to this is going to be infection prevention and control. So that's kind of rapidly identifying cases in people that you think are at risk of having it. And so far, the way we're doing that is in individuals who are coming back from China, specifically the Hubei province, we've been instructing them if they're having symptoms like fever and cough to present to their healthcare providers that usually it's the emergency department, have them isolated and screened right away. The other really important thing is is that sometimes people can come back from one of these areas in China and not have any symptoms. Right. So another thing that we're doing is instructing people that, look, if you have come back from China and within two weeks you're having symptoms like this, this could also be the coronavirus and, you know, make sure that you get tested. But all of this aside, we also have to remember that we're in the flu season right now. and The symptoms of this novel coronavirus and influenza are the same. Mm-hmm. And we have to keep in mind that influenza is something that here in Canada, we are much higher at risk of being infected with we just have to kind of keep all of this in, in in perspective
0: absolutely so get your damn flu shot get
1: your flu shot i agree <laughs> get that damn
0: thing uh, and to be clear like like i said cuz this is a common question that we were asked the symptoms are are basically like are flu like symptoms so it will be very difficult to distinguish between whether you have influenza or you got something like coronavirus. So either way you will need to be evaluated. So say, what do people do? If they do feel like they are, they're at risk or have these symptoms, you know, cause one of the worries is that if you, you feel these symptoms, you want to, someone goes into a merge and potentially could affect, you know, hundreds of people that are surrounding this sick individual. So what's the best strategy or approach?
1: That's a really, really good point. Yeah, because you don't want to be like, for example, if you are at risk of having coronavirus and then you're sitting in a waiting room full of people. To be fair, the, the way that it's spread is likely from close, prolonged contact, although we're getting more information on that as well. But the best approach for Canadians is that if you've come back from an area from China and you're worried, if you're going to go to the emergency department, just call ahead to let them know. In certain jurisdictions, uh, for example, uh, public health departments have a number that you can contact and you can let them know and they can help you as well. And generally what will happen is that when you show up to whichever area that tests you, they'll put you in isolation right away. And this is for your protection, the protection of other patients, but also the healthcare workers who will be doing the testing. Mm -hmm. And the testing is is being sent to our public, at least in Ontario, is sent to our public health lab and then for confirmation in Winnipeg.
0: Right. Awesome. Okay. And any consideration for healthcare workers? We, I mean, there's a lot, of, most of our audience are healthcare providers. And so, you know, there's a lot of press about, you know, the aggressiveness of, of this, this organism. So there's a lot of fear. Any advice for healthcare professionals regarding coronavirus?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. And, you know, I'm also, I'm right there with you, Quadra, with, uh, the uh, being on the front line, right? And uh, I mean, even eMERGE docs are even more front line than us, right? Mm. So I think part of it is travel history is important, right? And if somebody has a respiratory illness, remember to use the the protection that we normally use, for example, droplet protection. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that if you, uh, these cases are going to be relatively few and far between. So people will often be self-identified or don't mention that they have this risk factor. And what we're doing in the hospitals is what we call enhanced droplet. So essentially, that's putting people in airborne precautions. The healthcare worker wears an N95 mask, a shield for the eyes, as well as a, as a gown. So this is something that we, we, we do this for other infections as well. So it's, uh, it's something that would be adequate to protect us
0: excellent suman i think this is a great overview of of coronavirus and and hopefully will put some people at ease in terms of you know settling down the hype any other advice that comes to mind or anything that you you think uh, our audience might want to know
1: yeah and uh, one, one of the things i did want to say is that i uh, from what i'm seeing what from other people are commenting that uh, were really really uh, involved with sars is that the preparation for this And the work that's going into this is much better, much more extensive than it was for SARS. Overall, we're we're a lot more prepared. And, you know, there is a possibility that as we start to see more cases, we'll start to realize that, yes, there are people who are getting very sick and uh, there are deaths. We might also see the rest of the iceberg that there are uh, a great many people that have mild infections or um, have no symptoms at all. And it just goes to show that right now in the early part of the outbreak, what we're seeing is all the more serious cases because they're the ones that go to the hospital. But right. As we get more information, we might see that it's not necessarily as severe, but regardless of that, we still have to be prepared and you know, uh, prevention is, is the key factor.
0: Great point. And um, one more thing that I, I maybe should have asked earlier, yeah. in terms of what we have seen so far, is it? You mentioned that it's, you know, it really seems to be affecting people that are maybe or potentially that are more vulnerable. But is that, in, in fact, true? Like, is it are the deaths been associated with people that are healthy or like, for example, healthcare providers? Is, is there any literature to support any of that?
1: The big part about that is that we're still getting data rolling in there was a, a relatively small study that was released very quickly, uh, I think about a week ago or so. And this was demonstrating the initial, I think, 100 cases or so. Right. And there wasn't an obvious signal there that the people there were, you know, were for example, advanced COPD, advanced age, that type of thing. Right. right? But th- that was a, a, an early sample. And, you know, my my uh, impression is that we will see that it's people that have chronic illnesses, perhaps uh, heavy smokers, those uh, types of factors that are the typical for what we see here as well for respiratory illnesses. But yeah. that information is is still coming as the the uh, outbreak evolves.
0: yeah, and and, it, and it's fair to say, like, at least in terms of the my experience, like when, also when we dealt with h1N1, predominant the, the predominant people that were. Severely ill were people that had multiple medical problems. They were mostly older. You know, there were some young people and patients with no risk factors that were obviously sick too. But there was certainly an association with these more vulnerable patients.
1: Uh, definitely, and and that's obviously something that uh, needs to be considered because you know, in, in terms of infection prevention and control, let's say somebody like one of us who's who's I'd like to think young and healthy, though I cost that forty. <laughs> 40 barrier recently yeah. uh, but you know perhaps that we might be somebody that is not as affected but then you can act as somebody who spreads the, the virus Amen. Right? So, Amen. you know so that that's important but i do want to also make the point that you know the risk of any of us getting infected here in canada is still remarkably low mm-hmm. you know so far there have been transmissions and people who have brought it back from china outside of china but mm-hmm. so far, it hasn't been any evidence of sustained transmission. And part of that, I think, is because the, the uh, public health uh, systems are working.
0: Yeah, it, it, I, I do get the vibe that we've been way more prepared that, you know, there's been a lot of thought and, and, and um, energy put into ensuring that this doesn't spread rapidly. So I agree with you, Suman. This is um, so far been a, a proper effort. Listen, listen, my friend. I am so glad you were able to do this mini cast with us. I'm hoping this will help settle some people's anxieties and worries and and you were so eloquent and wonderful. I cannot wait to meet you at some point in our
1: lives. Absolutely. And I agree with you, man. We have to meet in person. <laughs> I, I want to give you a big hug.
0: Oh man, yeah. You yeah, exactly. You're one of my favorite pictures I saw with you was actually with the um what's the, the mountain?
1: Yeah, with the mountain. Oh, that's right. Oh nice. my
0: goodness. Yeah, that was uh I look pretty huge in that picture. You look monstrous. <laughs> uh, anyway, my friend, thank you so much, and uh, hopefully we talk soon. That was good. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks everybody for listening to our mini cast solving healthcare. If you want to get a hold of Suman, you could follow him on Twitter at Toronto ID Doc. If you want to follow us, it's at Quadcast on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on. YouTube, we are everywhere. Um, (laughs) If you want to leave any comments, get a hold of us at quadcast99 at gmail.com. Thanks everybody for listening. And uh, hopefully we see you next week.